Look, I know you know that I know that you know how busy we all get. Ollie can help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four years and up. And the new Ollie Brainy Chews support healthy brain function with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Oi! Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Losing your libido is like one of the things that happens as you get older and then the marriages end because if there's no sex, the marriages end. And then we think, oh, the guy's going through midlife crisis. Well, look at what's going on between the two of you. Somebody got to cue me or do I cue myself? Cue yourself. Okay. All right. Hey, everyone. We are back with another episode of Let's Talk Off Camera. So let's get talking. Um, well, I came in all fired up, all fired up. Fired up. up. What's Seth, going on? Robert, why? Jan, <laughs> why? Why are you fired thank, up? Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, Let you loose. know, I, I have been a New Yorker for 33, 34 years now. And I can honestly say that I like to think of myself as a person that just rolls with it. Yeah, I roll with the punches no matter what. But today, something struck me as wrong. <laughs> today, when I came home, uh, getting ready to do this here podcast, there I was greeted by a man standing outside of a black Escalade uh, in a suit with his penis in his hand. <laughs> Pissing into my bushes in front of my house. I really couldn't wait. Sorry. (laughs) And I started screaming at him. Hey, yo, I said, put your micro dick away. (laughs) This isn't a public restroom. This is my house. To which he kept peeing and then he smiled at me, which really enraged me because it let me know that he didn't care what I thought. Meanwhile, there's a grammar school, an all-girls grammar school across the street. Yeah, not okay. And he not is acceptable. peeing out in public, in the open, not being covert about it. I've seen lots of people pee all the time, all day long. This is New York City. I see people pee <laughs> covertly. This guy was pissing in my bushes like he was a chihuahua. <laughs> oh, no. Literally, no big deal. Okay. And I had a fit. And my fellow, of course, there's 87 guys just sitting around. (laughs) 87 men, construction workers, con ed guys. They don't say a word. A woman sees me from the corner and comes screaming down the street at him with me. A woman was like, "This, you are disgusting. You are an animal. Who do you think you are? And... He does not make a move. He opens the trunk of his car. Now, at this point, I'm waiting for him to get out. I think he's getting a gun because oh, uh, he's yeah. tired of us 
yelling at him. He gets, are you ready? Two more bottles of Evian. <laughs> apparently he's not done. He's not done quenching his thirst. He's not hydrated enough. Act two is in another hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't wait to see where he pees next. <laughs> and suddenly I thought to myself, wait, I, I, have, I have a cell phone. So I whip out my cell phone and I start taking pictures. And that's when he makes a move to make a run for it. We'll be posting the videos. No, I, <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Will. I'm Guess just what? Kidding. I'm going, I'm putting him on social media. Have you yeah. seen this man? He's missing his urine. He left it in front of my house. Not since your days of Soho. Not since I lived in Soho have I been greeted by that many penises in my face, you know, in the middle of the afternoon. But it's Soho, so you expect it. It's, it's like part of it's part of the charm. It's part of the charm. <laughs> you, you should go out and piss on him. Piss on the Escalade. <laughs> Nothing would give me greater pleasure than for him to be my driver to go to tonight's event that I have to go to. By the way, I never leave my house. And I have to go out tonight in this state. <laughs> I'm in a state. I love nothing. I don't know why, but you in this state is like, it's just make it just. Because the, because the dichotomy of me versus me, it's not really even me versus him. It's me versus me. Because there's a version of me that almost squared off with the guy. <laughs> I don't care if your dick's out. I'll guess I'll knee in the balls and punch you in the face. <laughs> but on the same side, there's also me saying he'll sue you. Right. He will. He ironically will sue you. Right. Because if Judge Judy has taught me anything, <laughs> it's Judy. that I can't lay my hands on him first, That's even though true. he's put his piss all over my house. True. Um. Well. Speaking of rage, <laughs> speaking of rage. <laughs> I don't even know how to segue. I mean, it's a pretty obvious one. I don't know how to segue. I hope, I hope Dr. Erica is listening to this. Is, can she hear this? No, no. Oh, that's not a shame. Been hearing this. That's a shame. We're taking a break from the usual celebrity interviews today to focus on health. We should have taken a focus on mental health, but maybe she'll cover that with me uh, also as part of this. And this topic today, Albert, I hope you're going to be able to bear with us. Oh, I'm ready. I have questions. Well, Kyle thinks he has menopause, so that's a whole other... Well, there is a male version there of is. menopause. Yes. We're talking about menopause today. Menopause. It always makes me think of that song. The men are pause when I walk into <laughs> the room. The men are pause. Uh, uh. The men are pause when I Devin, can we clear it to you? <laughs> and they all sing that same old tune. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I the only person that knows this song? I don't think I know it. What? What's the name of it? It's the uh, Men All Pause by Climax. <laughs> I believe it's Climax. So anyway, we're going to be talking about menopause today, Albert. So just fall silent. It's a self-defense mechanism, Mark. <laughs> Mark mastered years ago. We're going to be joined by my very own hormone specialist, a doctor that changed my life. She's a preventative me medicine doctor, Dr. Erica Schwartz. I, I always say she has boldly gone where very few doctors have gone before, and she really was a hormone pioneer in the times back when people were like, it's all in your head, or... You're just going to have to deal with it. And she has fought the good fight. Let's get Dr. Erica on 
so we can really ask the expert, okay? Wow. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Erica. Oh, my God. Kelly. There's Hi. Jan Chalet. Hi, Jan. Hi, future, Jan. Future patient. Oh, and this is Albert Bianchini. Hi, Hi future Albert. Patient. How future patient. She <laughs> Great. also deals with Great, men. Beautiful. Oh, she's gorgeous. Half the practice is men. Yes, oh, half the wow. practice is men. Oh, get out. Okay. Yeah. Can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Dr. Erica, before you signed on or before we logged you in, we were talking about you behind your back. And about how about how you were really a pioneer in hormones and I keep calling it the fight against menopause, but it's not really for me it's not so much a fight. I don't my I love not getting my period. There, I said it. I don't mind it at all. I think it's one of the greatest benefits of menopause. But the side effects of menopause are never really discussed with any doctors unless you have, and I'm very lucky because I met you. And so I've had the benefit of you in my life for, what, is it 10 years now? I think it's about 10 years Getting that there. we've been together and mm-hmm. and- I think like if I didn't have you, I don't know what I would be like right now. And so let's just get into it. All right. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you your proper intro. So our audience knows who it is we're talking about, what we are talking about. She's the founder of Evolve Science. It's a preventative medicine specialty shop, if you will. (laughs) She's a patient advocate. She has authored eight, listen to this, Jan. Eight best-selling books. <laughs> Amazing. Um, she's a, a famed uh, hormone therapy expert. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, my own personal doctor, Dr. Erica Schwartz. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and I I'm don't honored. Know, I'm honored. I don't know what your age is, but I always say that you are somewhere in between 35 and maybe 50. That's what well, I say. try 70. Are you really? Is that true? Yeah. Are you really seven? Seventy-three. Wow. Okay. Wait. Wait. Can you? So Seth can see her. Okay. Because Seth's eyes just popped out of his head, and he can't believe that you're seventy-three. And of course, I'm not a movie star. That's why. No, but because if I was a movie star, it'd be okay. (laughs) No, but I know a lot of seventy-three-year-old movie stars that do not look like you. Yeah, they don't I can come. Always, they're not my patients. That's they're why. not your patients, right? <laughs> I actually think I'm pretty good at gaming who your patients are now. Uh, yeah, because you already know everything. <laughs> I do. I, well, I've sent a lot of them to you. so That's true. Because That's people, true. My because biggest I, fan. Well, I was sent to you, and I always stop that person and thank them when I, when I see her, I don't like to give away patients confidentiality. It's a very (laughs) bad practice, but we try a a famous person gave me Dr. Erica's number one day (laughs) when I could barely sit up. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And she said, you're probably perimenopausal. And I was like, no, I get my period constantly. And she's like, yeah, that's perimenopause. (laughs) That's part of it. (laughs) So, okay. So take us through it. Because if if menopause affects half the population, and it will, why do people still whisper the word menopause? Why is the information so hidden to the point where my like any other doctor that's not you or not a hormone specialist doesn't seem to know about menopause? Yeah, because 
we're still in the dark ages mm. because we don't realize that, you know, the education of doctors is completely devoid of the information on this period of time and that hormones change throughout our lives and we don't address it. And then we think that all of a sudden we fall off the cliff at perimenopause, menopause, whatever you want to call it. And suddenly we have no knowledge of what to do and nowhere to turn. So for many decades, I think before this finally evolved group of people has become perimenopausal, the women in their 40s now, mm-hmm. um, it was like a bad secret. Nobody talked about it. So women in their 50s would come in to see me at the beginning, 20 years, 25, almost 30 years ago, and they'd be saying, I still have my period. It's regular. There's nothing wrong with me. And you knew it wasn't the truth, but it was because there's no support no acknowledgement, no desire to do something about it. I have friends that are older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 53. I have friends that are much older than me that routinely tell me they still get their periods regularly. And I know better. And they're talking to me, an open book, and they still cannot bring themselves to talk about having gone through menopause. It is too scary for them, I think, to acknowledge. Um, it's embarrassing. They it's think embarrassing it's embarrassing. I, I don't know why that is, though, in this day and age. Well, because in this day and age, there's still a lot from yesterday's day and age that has permeated the society and the culture. And we think that being aged beyond like menopause, we're no longer useful because we're useful when we're fertile, when we have children, when we're raising children. And then the moment you're no longer fertile, you're not useful. I think you're very useful. That's when you have the information, you have experience, you have so much to bring to the table that I think every woman should feel great about herself. And And you're able to wear white pants and not be terrified. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, (laughs) right. My first labor, my first Memorial Day through Labor Day without, after menopause, Albert, (laughs) how many pairs of white, did you only see me in white jeans? It was the summer of the white pant because I never had to worry about wearing white pants. I'm in the stage of getting my, like, I'll get my period, but then I'll get it like two weeks later and then, and and then it'll just come out of nowhere. So I'm like, do I walk around with a pad or a tampon every day? Like, what do you do? Like, it's insane. <laughs> Wear one of those newfangled menstrual cups. <laughs> Something oh, I still don't. they gross. They give you vaginitis. Just... <laughs> oh my God. Is that true? Yeah. Menstrual cups? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's why they didn't take off. <laughs> I mean, it is... It's unbelievable now. Um, They keep trying to make having your period bearable. So what advice do you have for Jan? What stage (laughs) of perimenopause is Jan in? Because she's now getting her period every two weeks. Well, I think she's just at the stage when her hormones are changing. And we need to figure out what to do to make her life better. So she doesn't develop the symptoms of menopause that you were talking about that you didn't have to go through. And this way she can feel great and not have to focus 
on the things that don't matter. I have a lot of the symptoms. <laughs> what are your symptoms, Jane? I wake up every, most nights. I won't say most, but like especially around when I'm normally supposed to get my period, there's a towel down on my bed because at like one o'clock in the morning I wake up and I'm drenched and I have to flip the whole cover over. So I'm getting those those night sweats. The uh, the irregular. I'm looking at the symptoms right now. Uh-huh. Regular periods, mm-hmm. mood changes. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I had that before. But also the, um, the t- you know what? The itchiness, like my feet, my fingers at night. Like I get this like itchy feeling on my feet. Yeah. I, I think that's part of it. And um, yeah, anxiety and panic. But I had that before too. <laughs> <laughs> Jan, it's, it's hard to tell if Jan is having anxiety or panic from, from menopause or, from or if Jan is just waking up and being <laughs> Jan. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. So this is the thing. You don't want it to be from menopause. You don't want menopause to affect you negatively. You want menopause to actually be a time of your life where you're free. Like what you said about the white genes. You don't have to worry about things anymore. And it doesn't even have to be that you stopped having your period. It just has to be about your hormones being in balance, you sleeping well, you having your libido intact, you being able to build muscle, you be, you know, having the appetite that's right without you having to gain a hundred pounds. It's about keeping you in the perfect shape and not letting age and a label define you. That's the thing that I always say when I go to see Dr. Erica, the number, like the first thing you say to me is, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And it's such a question that you would think think would be at the top of every doctor's list. How do you feel? Mm -hmm. And yet you're the only doctor I've ever had that has asked me that ever, who's not like a, like a psychologist. My psychologist (laughs) is like, how do you feel? And that's all they were. So, okay, let's get to when menopause starts, perimenopause and the like, is that hereditary and is it also predetermined as to how early you get your period? Well, there used to be that there is a genetic component, which is when your mother went through menopause. So we used to tell people, ask your mother if she's alive when she went through menopause, but now things have changed. Diet changes, Um, IVF has been brought into the picture. There are a lot of changes that have occurred that may speed up the process and make you become more off balance hormonally earlier. Um, So yeah, by all means, ask your mother, but then pay attention to yourself because how you feel is exactly what you need to know. You need to live in your body. So- Talk to me a little bit about gut health and the role that plays. Right. So the gut is where we make our hormones. And what we put into our mouth actually affects how we make hormones, the quality of hormones, what's going on. The gut brain is pretty much the connection that you need to maintain in order to achieve proper, good hormone balance throughout your life. So... When you put the good food in your mouth, like clean food that will not hurt you. So I'm talking about like the water that you drink, like alkaline water, flat water, right? pH more than eight at room temperature, two liters a day. I'm talking about eating spinach 
<laughs> sauteed, preferably, boiled string beans, broccoli. I'm not saying that's all you have to eat, but lemons with water, ginger, hummus dip, you know, good protein and good non-animal fat. Mm-hmm. When you put those into your gut, your gut reacts beautifully and it manufactures the right bacteria, the right hormones. It keeps your immune system in balance and decreases inflammation in your body and it keeps your hormones well balanced. So that's an important thing. So as you get older, you need to address your diet. What about the foods, if there are foods to avoid, what would you say are the, Albert is writing this down. What are <laughs> how the- How many days a week do I eat those foods? Uh, Albert, <laughs> Albert just asked, how many days a week do I need to eat those foods? <laughs> well, you can eat, listen, you don't have to eat the same thing every day. You just have to learn to live in your body and know that if you ate the right things, you're not going to feel bloated. Your brain's going to be clear. You're going to feel good. So then when you eat garbage and it doesn't work, then you stop and you go like, let me go back to the stuff that works. And that's why I brought up the stuff that works first. Now, the other thing is that in your 20s and 30s, you can get away with eating anything and nothing happens. And if you want to maintain the right balance and not get sick as you get older, you you have to start changing your diet as you get older. So coffee, not so good because it increases hot flashes, it increases production of like bad hormones that are not so happy for us. Then alcohol, you know, you knew I was going to say that. Alcohol, well, alcohol, alcohol it, I can live without, but coffee, I cannot. I knew you'd say that. Well, that's <laughs> why I put coffee, coffee first. Coffee first. <laughs> that's why I iced, said what coffee about first. iced coffee? Uh, Albert said, what about iced coffee? Does that <laughs> count? Yeah, it depends what el- how much ice and how much coffee. water. It's water. It's water. Talk to Erica, we're adding water. <laughs> <laughs> how about desserts and processed sugar things? Soda. I don't know who drinks soda, but a lot of people still drink soda. It's shocking when I see people on the street taking it to the head, a giant, you know, Mountain Dew. Yeah. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Are you from the 70s? And what the hell is happening right now? Yeah, but have you tasted a nice cold Mountain Dew? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? When I was writing uh, down the five, you know, foods that will hurt you, yeah. I actually had to pause to think about soda because it doesn't come to me as a, oh, okay, soda. Because I just, you I think it's hesitate. gone. Yeah. You think like soda is not a thing anymore, but soda right. is a thing. Like it's, people still, and even diet soda, correct? Oh my God, the worst. You know, the people worst. don't realize that the diet stuff, like the sugar substitutes, yeah. turn into formaldehyde in our body. And like, do you want to be preserved in formaldehyde? And then they show you everywhere you turn, you see how eating like, uh, you know, drinking soda. Well, you know, soda you could clean your toilet bowl with. Dairy. Dairy, we become lactose intolerant (laughs) as we get older. And that's why we feel bloated. That's why the bacteria in our bodies, in our gut, don't work the way they should. Albert, Albert's losing his mind. Why, Albert? Albert is very come upset. Come to the office. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. I, I, I will, took everything I will away walk in the you through minutes. it. 
You I took will everything I love. You took away in five minutes. You, you don't have to. All of that's his the favorites. other thing. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do all of it at once. It's right. one little maybe, thing at a maybe time. Maybe an occasional Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, he we needs can do to like one deep. thing at a time. He needs to come to you more than more than anyone else. Right, I'll take him. You I'll need to like, take him. But he also needs like he needs you to somebody needs to break through. <laughs> <laughs> somebody needs to crack I, this nut. I'm happy to try. <laughs> but in it's, 20 years I have not been able to get through that. Right, that's very promising for me. <laughs> Let's talk about um exercise because one of the reasons I came to you, if you recall, was that I had no energy to exercise. And that to me told me that I, I, well, I believed I had leukemia. So that I, full disclosure, I went to Dr. Erica and I believe I declared I had leukemia. (laughs) You sort of, you sat me down and said, why do you think that? (laughs) 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 And I said, I have no energy and I, I I used to love to exercise. Like I'm not somebody that resents exercise. I love it. It's part of my like whole, it's part of how I get through the day. It's good for my mind. It's good for my body. But then one day I had no energy to do it. And so I immediately came to you, explain to me about exercise and hormones. Exercise builds muscle, right? So Mm -hmm. muscle is the most important organ, literally, for keeping our metabolic rates up, for keeping our brain sane and not losing our, our mind as we get older. It helps us make the right hormones. So it's crucial to exercise. Now, people who exercise their whole lives, it's more crucial than people who never exercise. But everybody, regardless of age, needs to start moving. Our society is so sedentary, and it is that sedentary lifestyle that sends us to nursing homes. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of exercises that help (laughs) and a lot of exercises that don't help. All right, so what are the exercises that help? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so what are the exercises that help? Stretching. Ah. Ah. Breathing. You know, you you make fun. I mean, a lot of us say, oh, you know, yoga, et cetera. Yoga, strength building, resistance Mm -hmm. exercises. You know, interestingly enough, cardio is not what you need when you get older. But menopause, You you don't really need cardio as much, but you need muscles. The more muscle you have. And people say to me, oh, you know, I build muscle very quickly. You don't build muscle very quickly. At the right. same time, you have to be careful because you don't want to get injured. Because injuries take you out of the game and recovery as you get older gets slower, takes longer, and mm-hmm. it never takes you back to where you were. 
So mm-hmm. you want to do these things very carefully. So jumping jacks, bouncing, jumping ropes, heavy weight training. I mean, I see people that come in and they have like hemorrhoids because they're doing such heavy weight training. Anything that leaves you in pain the following morning as you get older is not a good sign. You want to uh, talk to, you know, the your trainer or whoever you're training with and say, this is too much. So you don't mean like muscle soreness, you mean pain. I mean, pain, right, mu- muscle right. soreness. Yeah, but you know, as you get older, you don't, you don't get muscle soreness muscle as much, soreness. right? right. You don't right. get muscle soreness as much. So if it's pain, then you know you better lay off of it and be Mm -hmm. careful. But that's not an excuse to stop working out because you want to continue. You just don't want to... What about just walking? Walking like... I think it's great. Yeah. That's great. I think that anything... I tell people get off the couch, walk around the couch, walk around Mm -hmm. the room, walk around the apartment, walk around the building, walk around the park, just walk. People don't move. I mean, we sit. Our, our gyms are empty and our nursing homes are full. Exactly. I mean, that's really the, that's the result of that. Yeah. And it's so easy to mm-hmm. change that. But mm-hmm. it's a matter of a cultural mindset. Yes. Culturally, uh, particularly in America, when you go to Europe, if you go to other countries, people still have social communities. People go to the piazzas, they go to their town square, they sit, they talk to each other. Not everybody is on TikTok scrolling for hours, sitting in a dark room. They're out in nature, they're walking. It's a lot of, you know, we're lucky we live in New York City. This is a big walking city, but a lot of cities, people sit in their cars all day long. And that's, I think sitting is like the new smoking. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We read about that. There are scientific data to support that. And I think that it becomes really important, like after dinner, get up, walk for 20 minutes. It'll help you digest the food better. It'll help you feel better. Your brain will get the air that it needs, the oxygen Mm -hmm. it needs, and your hormone balance will stay better. But people don't walk. Um, and yeah, I, I think that sitting, you're right, it's, it is the new uh, cigarette smoking. What about sleep? I mean, Dr. Erica really has worked with me for a long time to get me to make these small incremental changes that have really helped me. And I feel like I sleep much better now than I ever have in my entire life. How many hours do you get a night? How many hours? For me, it's very big. Six hours is big. I think when I met Dr. Erica, I was somewhere between three and a half and four hours a night. I'm at five, and that's like a night for me. Yeah. Five. Five. Yeah, Yeah. that's not enough. But Dr. Erica told us yesterday, told me yesterday, we are both still not good. No, it's not enough. (laughs) But it's like, I I keep, as long as I'm trending in the right direction. Right. Right. Um, Because I definitely am trending in the right direction. It's like I'm definitely getting much more sleep than I had at the the, beginning. 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was really in a bad place sleep wise. Um, And I try to do makeup sleep, you know, where (laughs) I I catch up on all my sleep on the weekends or catch up on all my sleep on a, a day off from work. But that doesn't count, does it? Well, it counts when you're 20. 
But unfortunately, <laughs> as you get Sucks older, you. you can't do it. And you know what? You look like you're 20, so it doesn't matter because you have the wisdom of 50. So it's great. But this is the interesting thing that sleep becomes more and more important. And we, mm. we hear about circadian rhythm all the time and mm -hmm. about when it's light outside, we should be sleep and we should be out. And when it's right. dark outside, we should sleep. I think it becomes really important. And the other thing is, you know, everybody has all these gadgets, the Aura Ring, the Apple Watch. What they do is they create more worry. They become more anxiety provoking. I than said they that help. too. I think I think that those tracking devices fill me with dread and anxiety. Yeah. And I stopped wearing them Good. because it was not serving me well. Because right. I was suddenly in this weird competition with myself, constantly right. checking my data. And I don't need to be tracked by another company. And you know what's interesting? It's okay to find out once, let's say, what your heart rate changes, how many steps you took or whatever. It gives you like kind of an idea of what's going on. But if you have it every day, it creates more anxiety. Then you don't sleep as well. Then it tells you, it gives you information that is kind of questionable because I don't know that it's the truth. I don't know that it's fact. I have a patient in the practice now who told me the other day her heart rate doesn't go down at night when she's asleep. So she's really worried about it. So guess what happens? Her heart rate goes up. Yes, of so. course. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you tell somebody their heart rate is spiking and they need to bring it down, all that does is right. elevate your heart rate. Right. It's, it causes such the reverse effect. Right. So we have to get out of the mentality of fear and that mm. we're doing all of this out of fear we have to do it out of the information is good to make me feel better, to give me an idea what I should be doing, but that's about it. It's not like I'm going to become dependent on what the information gives me because I live in this body and I can figure it out. So talk about loss of libido, huge symptoms. Huge, huge. Huge, huge, huge. Now, a lot of people don't realize, Albert, I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> Seth, you too. Women aren't the only ones who go through menopause. Right. Men go through something called andropause. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah, see, I, I've read all of Dr. Erica's books, so I already know this. I'm just <laughs> testing you two. I just, it needs to be called manopause. It really does. Manopause. <laughs> really does. Yeah, yes. because you get rid of the men. And it's, right. <laughs> I wonder where that it came from. But this is the interesting thing that, where did it come from? And libido is crucial for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have libido, you feel good about yourself. Sex is great, right? Sex mm -hmm. is a very important piece of our lives, right? You don't stop eating. You don't stop moving. You don't stop exercising. You don't stop sleeping. You shouldn't stop having sex. Right. And you know that because you're a big proponent of it and you know it that losing your libido is like one of the things that happens as you get older and then the marriages end because if there's no sex, the yep. marriages end. And then yep. we think, oh, the guy's going through midlife crisis. Well, look at what's going on between the two of you. And right. we've talked about that. Look at yes. what's going on in the relationship. And maybe it is because your hormones are leaving you because you feel horrible and you can't express that 
because you're afraid nobody's going to hear you and you're the only one feeling that way. It's a hard thing to express when you lose yes. your libido mm-hmm. and you certainly don't want to tell your partner because that would, might make your partner feel insecure. Right. Um, so a lot of women, I think, sort of suffer in silence and I'm sure men do too. Yeah, um, they do. But it's not just the loss of libido. I mean, there's vaginal dryness. What can people do uh, to help their libido and to improve the uh, the lubrication in their vaginas? Well, first of all, keep using it. Yes, Don't keep ever it. stop using it. The yes, moment, if you, <laughs> if you, yeah, if you stop using your vagina, you lose it. Albert, really, you lose yes. It. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want you to think you should have sex with another person. A vibrator will do just fine. It'll keep your vagina lubricated. And the goal is to keep your vagina lubricated and not dry. And realize that as you get older, it's not going to be the same thing as it was when you were in your 20s and 30s and 40s. And that's, you know, when I wrote The Intimacy Solution that you so kindly It's a great promoted. book. It's <laughs> it a great book. You know, it was about understanding things will change, but Mm -hmm. they don't have to disappear. Your Mm -hmm. libido can stay and you can actually enhance your libido, obviously, with sleep, exercise, hormones, everything else you're doing. But make sure that your relationship with your partner withstands these monumental changes that occur. And you know what? It can withstand and it can actually get better. Oh, I agree. I, huh? I uh, Let me tell you something. Not having the fear of getting pregnant, because the, it's not that we had the fear of getting pregnant now, but when you're in your late 40s and mm-hmm. your kids are like almost out of the house and you still get your period, sex was terrifying because sometimes I would get my period all the time and sometimes I would skip a period. And I lived in this chronic state of, wait, is this menopause or am I going to be that mom that has an 18-year-old and an (laughs) 18-month-old? You know, it was like my biggest fear for a long time. So nothing really sort of liberates you sexually, like not having the fear of pregnancy weighing on you. I have friends who are telling me that it actually hurts now when they have sex. Oh. It does what? what it, it hurts. hurts. What's it? it hurts because okay, it's dry. So it hurts because she's not using it because her hormones <laughs> are gone and because she's allowing the vagina to very much close down. And that's what you got to be careful that you don't allow it. And then the other thing is the relationship. People don't address the relationship honestly. You know, you know, you've gone through child rearing. There's a lot of changes that have occurred. Once you are older, you can really reconnect or connect on a different level. I had a patient that came in to me years ago and said to me, oh, my husband and I don't have sex anymore. We've been together for 25 years and we just cuddle. And I said to her, cuddle? I mean, that's great, but it should lead to sex. And she said, no, 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 we're not really interested in it. And even though she was taking hormones, she was doing great. She absolutely wouldn't have sex. And then over time, she told me that they never talked about sex. 
Well, if you don't talk about it, it'll never happen. So you've got to, they have to open up the line of communication. Open up the line, open up the vagina again. And open up the vagina. (laughs) If you open the communication, the vagina vagina should follow. Uh, When should people people seek help? When they don't feel great anymore. I was telling Jan yesterday, you don't wait to have hot flashes, night sweats, insomnia, loss of libido, you know, vaginal dryness. You don't wait for that. You start feeling off. You don't need to go without a period for a, a year. It doesn't mean anything. Your hormones are out of balance. And the sooner you get that taken care of, the quicker you can exercise and change your diet and sleep more and prevent what age will rob you of. And some anyway. people don't some people don't know they'll get a blood test for their yearly physical, but that doesn't necessarily mean their hormones are going to be tested. You know that. Yeah, no, nobody tests hormones. Now they're starting to, because on every street corner, there is somebody hanging a shingle about longevity and hormone balance, which is great. We just need to make sure that they actually know what they're doing. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) they're not the right people. No, so what I was saying was like, you know what? Give it three months. Because, you know, just if things don't get better in three months, you're with the wrong person. They're not getting you. They're not helping you. So just Mm -hmm. move on. And we've talked about this before because women get attached and we feel we don't want to hurt the doctor's feelings. And we listen because we're like so, you know pliable and malleable and we're bullshit. very we're also very conditioned to yeah, feel bad if we right exactly no, but, this yeah. is like it's too important the second right. half of your life is too mm-hmm. important to squander it on the wrong doctor exactly give it three months for people who don't understand what is hrt hormone replacement therapy it's hormones um mm-hmm. and it's not birth control pills Birth control pills are synthetic hormones that stop you from ovulating and prevent pregnancy. So they are, they could be, they're all synthetic anyway. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. They're pharmaceuticals. And what Mm -hmm. they do is the ones we work with, which are bioidentical, used to be called natural. They're called Mm -hmm. human identical. What they are is that they are look exactly like your own hormones. So when they go into your body, your receptors on your cells recognize them and take them Mm. in and they feel good. And so those hormones, they're called bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, anything you want to call it, they actually help you stay healthy and well-balanced. And over time, Defend yourself against diseases of aging. Mm. Why do so many people, myself included, when when we first started talking about putting me on different low-dose do- hormones, I had this uh, uh, red flag in my head that said, I'm going to get cancer. And why, why do so many people think they're going to get cancer? Why has it gotten such a rap? Why do so many people think they're going to get cancer? Why has it gotten such a rap? 
It's got a, a terrible rap because in 2002, there was a government-sponsored study called the Women's Health Initiative that went bust early because it seemed to show that there was an increase in people getting heart attacks, strokes, and cancers who were on these synthetic hormones, the pregnant horses urine, Pemarin, mm-hmm. um, and the doctors and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology got really scared. They didn't want women to obviously get sick. And they, the media came out talking about how we should stay away. There were no other options offered. So millions at the time of 7 million women, today we're talking about billions of women, right, um, went off the hormones. It turns out that by 2013, all the data from that study was proven scientifically in the medical literature as being wrong, that mm. those hormones that were studied were not bioidentical, but even those hormones were better than nothing, that all-cause mortality was lower in the women who took the hormones than in women who didn't take the hormones. And the study was conducted on women who were more than 10 years after menopause. They were smokers. They had all kinds Mm -hmm. of other conditions. And nobody took that into consideration. Nobody factored in those. Right. Exactly. And, And so it's so interesting because I feel like when the initial study came out, it had a huge blaring effect in the news media. But when the alternative study was conducted with those those other uh, assets factored in, that was like a whisper campaign. Right. It's very interesting how that works. Very interesting. And the medical education to this day is remiss at explaining the fact that not all estrogen formulations behave the same, Mm -hmm. that that there are different factors coming into play and they're still not learning it. So we need education for the doctors. And there is, you know, I was talking yesterday, American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, and there is a lot of education coming out, but it's not in the classical allopathic medicine. And we need the doctors to understand the differences between different hormones and the importance of doing the hormone ther- hormone replacement therapy because in the long run, 10 years after menopause, when we start getting diseases of aging like diabetes, Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, um, heart disease, we catch up with the men then. Instead of that, when the people who take hormones You can prevent that. We now, I mean, the North American Menopause Society, which is the conventional medical um, society that addresses menopause in women, has come up with, in 2022, with their position statement saying hormone replacement therapy is the number one go-to for menopause. Mm. Jan, you had a question. So, yeah, um, I, when I went to my uh, OBGYN, who's like amazing doctor, and I told her what I was going through, what a, you know, lack of sleep, having these night sweats, she told me, you know what, you, you should go back on the pill because it's a low estrogen pill. And so she put me back on the pill 
to handle my symptoms. What do you think about that? Did it help your symptoms? No. No. <laughs> so then, the, so this is uh, what I was saying before. This class effect saying that all estrogens are the same is where your doctor fell into that trap, not knowing that birth control pills are not the same as HRT we're talking about, and the HRT we're talking about will protect you and eliminate the symptoms. And it's all about the education of doctors and them being, you know, the scientific data being there for 30 years, and it takes like 25 to 30 years for the medical profession, the clinician, to actually start doing those things. There's a, a woman I know who uh, I will not name, but um, <laughs> she, her doctor, when she started going through menopause, uh, put her also on a, a low dose birth control pill. And when that really, she went back and said, I'm still like suffering, then prescribed her antidepressants. Yes. Of course. Antidepressants are the number one prescribed medication for women. Every woman, I mean, even the patients I get to see come in on antidepressants. And there's no scientific data to show that antidepressants will help in menopause. They're not hormones. It's not like you're missing antidepressants. It's not the lack of antidepressants. It's the right. lack of hormones that's causing the problems. And is that, so will like, Will I be on hormones for the rest of my life? Or at a certain point, will you just be like, look, Kelly, you're 97. Who cares? <laughs> you're 97. I'm going, I, listen, I'm going before you, so don't worry. And that happened. I would have to be 100. Well, you have a daughter. I'll be talking to your daughter. Right. And I'll be, she'll, will she say to me, Kelly, you're 97. Who cares? You know what? I don't know the answer to that question because I think, you know, so far I've been on hormones since I'm 46. And mm -hmm. I feel great and mm -hmm. I have no you intention. Look great. And I have no intention of changing that. And I tell people many times, let's take a break, let's see how you feel. The patient will tell me. I mean, the relationship between me and my patients, as you know, mm -hmm. is one of not just mutual respect, but I listen to you. You're the one who's going to tell me what makes sense. I will tell you what I know from experience and from reading the literature and we'll figure out how it applies to you. So I'm not going off hormones. I could tell you that. <laughs> so then, okay, here's the question that a lot of people want to know. Dr. Erica, like not everybody can afford the doctors right. that maybe in New York City that Kelly Ripa goes to. Like, can this be done for the everyday woman, you know, who maybe couldn't afford so much? Besides Evolved Science or ES Health, which is our practice, I would recommend you go to www.a4m.com. They're like-minded, well-trained providers. I'm on faculty there. It's the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, and they do a lot of conventional training and integrative preventive medicine training for hormones and prevention in general. They're the best place you can find there. But the goal is to really get the information out to people, to the doctors, and to the patients so women don't have to suffer because mm. that's totally optional. 
because I think most people think just their gynecologist would be the person to ask, but you're saying that you need to take a step further. Unfortunately, you know, you have to feel them out and say, listen, do you believe in hormones? What do you know about it? And, you know, we talked about this. Women are afraid to ask. And as I was saying to you, the first book I wrote about hormones, that my editor actually, her mother came to me and she never told her doctor because she was afraid that her doctor wouldn't agree with Mm -hmm. it. So women are very afraid. And I think that if we can help women feel less afraid and know that this is a good time, we can actually get the doctors to listen. And if the doctor doesn't listen, just move on. They're a dime a dozen. It's like any relationship. My gynecologist knows that I see Dr. Erica, and so then she asks me for she asks me for <laughs> advice on what she should be on. So, what are your thoughts on menopause retreats? Oh, so menopause retreats. Listen, it's great to bring women together and start talking about it, but they're still about the education that the doctor has, and it's about women knowing that if you're going to go for a retreat. You'll connect with each other. You'll have some acupuncture. You'll do all of that. It'd be great. But you're not going to go home feeling like your hormones are in balance and that you can go back to your life from before. And I think you need to understand that your life from before is not going to be your life after. And it's Mm -hmm. up to you to do the right thing for yourself to make the life after better than the life before. And you you had that TED Talk about uh, owning your own health, yeah. which I think everybody should listen to. You also wrote that, uh, I think it was one of my favorite books you wrote. I think it's called Don't Let Your Doctor Kill You. I think you're is right. That, is that the title of it? Yeah. I can't, well, I can't remember the title of all of your books, but Don't Let Your Doctor Kill You is like one of my favorite because you'd be amazed at... It's not that they intentionally set out to kill you, but there seems to be like a lack of knowledge, a lack of interest, a lack of ability to listen to what the actual problems and, and symptoms are. Um, what What is your website? Because I know a lot of people listening to this are going to want to get in touch with you in some way. And so what is what is the best way to make an appointment at Evolve Science? ES Health. And you can go to drerica.com to learn more. You can more. also go to drerica.com. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You. you are my favorite. You really you are. are my favorite. Thanks for all the good information. I love good you guys. information. I love Great you. information. We love you. Okay, Ooh. I'll see you. I mean, and this is, by the way, I was supposed to be in Dr. Erica's office yesterday, and then my stupid flight got canceled because of the weather. <laughs> so I had to miss my appointment. So I guess I'll see you in a couple of days. I hope you come in. in. person. I'm, I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I'll be here. Come. Okay. Come. Bye. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that Bye. fun? Thank you. Dr. Erica Schwartz, everybody. That was interesting. Well, I hope you learned something today, Seth. You've been more silent than normal. (laughs) Come on, Seth. He leaned in. Did we prep you? I was waiting for something great. I learned a great deal. Okay. (laughs) Very good. We have Ask Kelly's. Ask Kelly. Okay, is it time? It's time for Ask Kelly. From Life as Danny. Life as Danny. How do you keep your marriage spicy? She's an empty nester life. Well, you kept your vagina open. Yes, I kept my (laughs) vagina 
lubricated and open, um, which is very key to the whole thing. Um, how do I keep it spicy? You know, I I don't know if spicy is the word that I would use, but we have a real, we have fun with each other. We really do enjoy our uh, sexual lives together. This is going to be one of those tabloid headlines. Kelly, TMI, shares too much, <laughs> brags about her sex life. It, it, you know, we just really enjoy each other's company. Let's put it that way. And I think with having the kids out of the house, for the most part, sometimes they sneak in when we least expect it. <laughs> but for the most part, having the kids out of the house um, allows us a certain freedom that we have not experienced in a really long time. So we kind of feel like we're dating again, and that is very exciting. So I guess that's how we're keeping it spicy. Next one is from Black Cat Brings Luck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Has anything surprised you in working with Mark again? Oh, it's so funny. It was surprised me. Um, nothing really surprises me about Mark. I think, I think what is so great about Mark is that he is so... Um, dependable and reliable and he just, he shows up. What surprised me is he got to the level of ease at his job in three weeks that it took me like eight years to get to. Yeah, Where I felt super comfortable, super at ease. And it took me really like eight years to feel, and I wouldn't even say comfortable. I I would say it took me eight years to actually learn how to control my breathing. <laughs> if you watch original episodes of me on camera, my, my voice is up here. I sound like Minnie Mouse. And I realized it's because I was not really breathing at all. Like I would go into, I, I, would, I would just like take these shallow breaths and I was so panic stricken all the time that my voice was way up in the upper register because I was so nervous and scared to death, scared out of my mind. And so, you know, uh, talking, you know, having Matt Gutman on the show today, yeah. talking about his book, I related to it so mm-hmm. much because I was like, Oh, I'm, I, he, I, you mean I'm not the only person scared to death on camera all the time. It's nice to know that other people are also scared to yeah. death at their jobs. That's a great book. Yeah. Great book. Great book. Anyway, um, so those those are the that's it. Yeah. That's that's all that we got. Was a great episode. Oh yeah. I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Dr. Her. Erica. She's really she's a special person and she's a stone cold fox. I can't believe she's, she's 73. Gorgeous. Isn't she gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, can't wait to talk off camera with y'all next week. Bye. Woo! Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa is a co-production of Melojo Productions and PRX Productions with help from Goat Rodeo. Our theme song is Follow Me from APM Music. From Melojo, our team is Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, Albert Bianchini, Jan Chalet, Devin Schneider, Michael Halpern, Jacob Small, Roz Therian, Seth Gronquist, and Julia Desch. From PRX Productions, our team is... Kara Schillen, Genevieve Sponsler, Megan Nadolsky, Isabel Kirby McGowan, Edwin Ochoa. Additional sound design by Terrence Bernardo. The executive producer of PRX Productions is Jocelyn Gonzalez. This show is powered by Stitcher. Stitcher.